following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they'll be stronger together. They can help your business from retirement planning, payroll, audits, tax help, and more. Go to BeanGarter.com to find out about the merger and also how Bean Garter is stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. On today's broadcast, we look back at my conversations with Gold Star families in West Michigan about their sons making the ultimate sacrifice for the United States of America. Carl and Ruth Price from the beautiful city of Holland. They join us in studio to talk about their son, uh, the late Daniel J. Price, Gunnery Sergeant Marine Raider. And Ruth, thank you for driving in. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. And Carl, we talked before. Yes, we sure have. Carl delivered one of the best calls I've ever had on the huge radio network. It was fantastic with his opinion and also connecting it to what he looked at when he saw the flag in regards to his son who died uh, making the ultimate sacrifice for his country. So, Carl and Ruth, good to have you in studio. And what was the most touching thing uh, going through everything uh, connected to your son uh, that somebody from the military uh, told you? I'm sure you heard a lot at the funeral and after he had passed away, uh, but something you discovered um, that really made you a proud mom. So many things. Um, I guess the the one big thing that stuck out to me was um, when I received the um, his military records, um, and I I had access to all of his performance reviews, um, and so I had probably three or four, well probably more like six or seven years worth of performance reviews on different deployments and different billets that he had served. And um, throughout them all, it was promote ahead of his peers, um, performs above and beyond his experience and um, uh, level, uh, you know. And so it was just, I learned so much about Dan through those that you didn't know that I didn't know and it was stuff that he maybe had told us but he always said everything in such an understated way that we had no idea of the magnitude of what he was doing he was a true American serving his country serving his family and definitely you talk about your faith uh, and inspiring you to write the book Ruth Price is a mother of Gunnery Sergeant Daniel J. Price, who made uh, the ultimate sacrifice for his country uh, in Afghanistan. He was a Marine Raider, Special Forces, right? So yep. he had worked his way up yep. Yep. through very, the Marine process, know, right? Everybody knows who the Navy SEALs are. Um, the Marine Raider is is basically the same type of so they're of special, special special forces. Yep, it's just the Marine best of the version. best, right? Best of the best. Yep. Well, yep. what what inspired uh, your son to join the military and serve his country? There's a lot of different things, I think, that played into that. Um, there were, I think, um, the attack on the World Trade Center was huge. He was a junior in high school at the time, and he was so angry that they would attack civilians on our own turf. Um, and so that made him angry, and he 
I think that was a huge motivation to join. And he looked at different um, different branches of the military, but decided that if he didn't make special forces, he wanted to be in the Marines because he most likely would see combat and travel the world anyway. And then he probably didn't realize that there was a, a SEAL-like unit of the Marines because I'd never heard of the Raiders. Um, there I'd never heard of that until I, I looked at your book. Yep. He originally um, joined Recon, the Marine Recon um, Battalion, and that also is special forces. But then in 2000, and no, oh, I'm going to press my memory Seven here. 2000, eight. yeah, 2000, actually six, I think. Um, the MARSOC, Marine Special Operations Command, was. Um, set up. Um, and so he didn't join it right away. It was 2008 before he actually joined up with them. He wanted to give it a few years, make sure that they were going to continue be a, a, a quality organization, um, a division of the Marine Corps. And so yeah, then he, he joined. So originally it was MARSOC and then in 2014 they um, took over the name of Marine Raiders, uh, which is a throwback to the World War II Raiders who were the special ops in the in World War Two? Did he join to do four years and you know maybe get money for education, or did he join to be a career military man? I, I really don't know if he it, I, he went in with an open mind to um, to be in for and to see how it was going to go. I believe, and once he got in, and even in boot camp, he excelled. And was promoted in in boot camp, and then was in one of the school of infantry, and he was on an automatic tryout for Marine Recon. So he went right from boot camp, basically to Marine reconnaissance, and started deploying. So, as parents, when your child is inspired as a junior in high school, where did Daniel go to school? We homeschooled. Homeschooled. All right. Yep, so Daniel, Daniel's a junior in high school, and he's inspired to want to go serve his country. There's probably that proud side of two parents looking at their son who's inspired and cares about his country, but also worried when he finally made that decision to join the military that that knock on the door could happen one day, right? Very mixed feelings. Um, it's a long ways from the farm in western Michigan. Um, and so, yeah, but, but you know, making that decision in his junior year and being homeschooled, we took his senior year and worked really hard at preparing him. Um, he worked hard physically. Um, started running to work with his work boots on so that he would be prepared to run Running to work with his work boots on. How yeah. far was that? Um, it was about a half a mile, but work was on a farm, so he's wearing, like, farm boots. And um, so, yeah, that was just to prepare himself for working, um, for running in combat boots. Um, so he worked on the physical part, and I, as his homeschool teacher, worked on emotional, spiritual, um, psychological, just kind of to prepare him and... Um, because when they leave for the military like that, it's it's you raise your children to be independent, but it's a very abrupt independence. And yeah, so we we took that senior year and worked really hard at getting him ready. Well, what type of kid uh, into that young man before he joined the Marines? Carl and Ruth Price, by the way, in studio parents of the late 
Daniel J. Price, a gunnery sergeant, Marine Raider. He was killed July 29, 2012 in Afghanistan. Uh, what type of kid was he uh, as he grew into a young man? And then that day when you said goodbye and he joined the military, uh, what made him special? Um, he was always extremely strong-willed, very difficult to deal with. He would argue about anything. Um, he would argue about the color of the sky. Um, was, very independent, Oh, right? very yeah. independent. Um, I was thankful for the opportunity to homeschool him. Um, I asked him one time after he was in the Marines, um, he was probably in two or three years, and I said, so what would have happened to you had you stayed in a regular school setting? He went through second grade at Zealand Christian School. Um, and I asked him, what, what, what would have happened if you had stayed in a regular school setting? And he said, Mom... I would have been in juvenile detention before I was 14. And I believe him because he had so much energy, so much drive. And if you didn't channel that into something productive, he would make his own busyness. And it wasn't always good. So you guys grew up on it. He grew up on a farm, a hobby farm. Yeah. Yeah, We have 10 acres and they raised 4-H animals. Um, And he worked for a neighboring pig farmer. So started working when he was 11. Wow. On the farm. Yeah, he had. Uh, There's he a lot loved, of stories about kids who grow up on farms and their work ethic. Yeah, he when loved, they're adults, he loved to work, and he loved to work, and he was intense. But he was also, uh, you don't think about this, maybe special operations guys, but he also had a very tender side, a very, a very tender side that would always look out for um, the underdog, and he would protect like his sister he had a a great relationship with his sister and he it was always uh, protecting her watching over her and he's the oldest right he is the oldest yep yeah so there there's that protective side i think that's just innate inside your dna right that's, that's also part of what made him so angry with the world trade center attack um because there again it was the underdog you know they were attacking civilians in all the letters, now that he's in the Marines, in the back and forth letters, which is still how many people pen letters today? We write emails, we text, we call somebody, we FaceTime in this modern era we live in. But there's still something intimate, beautiful and memorable, and nostalgic about a, a handwritten letter. When what, what, what do you write to well, you back and forth when you guys are talking? When they are in recruit training in Marine Corps, they do not have the opportunity to use We got two calls in 13 weeks, um, and that's it. Um, They didn't have access to computers, telephones, nothing. They take it all away. So um, it was write letters or not communicate. I wrote a letter to him almost every day, um, and all he wanted to know about was what's happening at home, just the everyday, day-to-day stuff. He was painfully homesick, um, just wanted to know. And he wrote us maybe three three times a week, I would guess, um, and he just sent us what he's doing in training, what things were concerning him, what things he was worried about as far as um, different tests that he would have to take or or do um, either physical or mental whatever but he just he just wrote what he was doing and as he got through training and now you're entering the surreal world of combat a lot of people will talk about that they notice a change or changes in someone's personality demeanor communication Uh, did you see that from daniel 
Um, I would say he he did change from what he was at home somewhat. He became more independent, especially throughout his first two deployments. On his third deployment in um, 2007, he... He went through some pretty intense combat, and his attitude changed a little bit. In what way? Matured. Um, He, um, there was no glory in killing anymore. His first two deployments, he was pretty callous, pretty young, immature. Just It was the adrenaline rush, go in and do it. And um, that third deployment kind of changed things. He had gotten married, so he had a wife. um, And so there were a lot of things that played into his uh, maturing and um, just just growing, just um, becoming a little more uh, grounded, I would say, as far as um, his his view of life and death. Did he talk to you about how combat was wearing on him? That the killing, Carl, uh, between conversations you guys had, whether it was calls or emails or letters, once he got past his training portion yeah, of his he- military career. He would he he talked to me a few times about um like Ruth said about that about about the the killing part because they don't send those guys to a calm area and you see a lot of combat and one of his uh one big conversation that we had was well we're Christians and and um he had a really hard time with you know it was the Muslims that that he's fighting and he's and he's um and he's killing them and he says you know it's just a different viewpoint than what we as christians had and i said you know you just have to you you have to know that there's not one person that dies you're not you're not sending someone here or someone there it's god that's in charge of that you're doing your job and you're called by the government to do your job and he was doing his job he was very good at his job and he loved his job but he had some struggles there but he got through that and it was really uh an awesome thing as a dad to see your son maturing and really becoming uh a young man that was really thinking about what he was doing and not just living a willy-nilly life. He had focus. He It wasn't had, just gung-ho and he's, he's talking no, about, I killed 40 no, guys this weekend, no, right? But no. that he was actually starting to have a conscience yeah, we don't, and think it out, right? We, we did not. We, he never, um, anytime he would ever tell us about the things that went on, it was never that gung-ho, that gung-ho thing. It was... Uh, a, a calm conversation about what his job was. And what was his job in the Marines? Killing people. <laughs> he was a sniper? <laughs> well, He was he, a sniper. Yeah. They, they, they would go out um, a lot of the times with four or five, uh, five or five-man teams. Of snipers? Not, not just of snipers. Um, he was a sniper, but the, the other guys were too. But they would go out on missions. And they would give him. They they gave him a mission to do. Um, sometimes it was reconnaissance. Sometimes it was going in to um, take out some bad guys where they knew the bad guys were. And they 
they gave them a job to do and they did their own mission planning. Five and guys, right? Pretty much out on their own, right? They drop them in either out of the sky or with a well, a helicopter, you know, insertion in the middle of the night with their night vision goggles. And they would go in and and do their job. And they were, they all had each other's back and they... Uh, that's a tough job. Uh, it, it is the version, the Marine version of the SEALs, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be, right. you know, maybe Rangers in the Army, right? Yeah. Green Berets. Right. Yeah. right. And, uh, you know, you haven't heard a lot about the Marine Raiders, uh, you know, in these stealth units and what they do and when they go in. As he's maturing, as he's talking about uh, being in combat on these missions, um, did he ever discuss his mortality? Was that a conversation? Oh, oh yeah, that you both of you had with Daniel. Uh, oh he, yeah, he would say that you know you don't live real long um, doing what I do, and he's and he had some. Friends. He would tell you that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he says, and you know, and even afterwards when we talked to his commanding officer, he says, you know, he says, yeah, they throw bravery around a lot, um, but Dan was truly brave. Because he planned missions with not with was trying to get the outcome, the right outcome. He didn't always he didn't plan it haphazardly for his own safety or the men's or the men around him safety, but that was kind of second place. Getting the mission done was first place, and uh, he said they were very. Uh, he said he did that, and he was that way. Because he knew that if where he would be if he got killed, that was his. He knew he would be in heaven with his Lord if he if he died on the on the battlefield. And you have to you have to kill or be killed in some of those situations. Mm-hmm. Yep, that that is the I'm not going to say the art of war because that sounds that's the reality the reality of war. Of war. Yeah, I mean uh, you have to kill or be killed. I'm looking at the cover of the book and Ruth Price and Carl Price are out of Holland, Michigan. For our affiliates on WHTC, they're joining me in studio, and uh, I think I owe it to every military family uh, in my area when they lose somebody. If I get a chance to have them in studio or pay tribute or allow their sons to never be forgotten, uh, I think it's part of my calling and doing a radio show the last 26 years. And there's a photo, uh, no straight bullets, the making of American Hero we were just talking about. There's Gunnery Sergeant Daniel J. Price, Marine Raider. There with the scope and looks like he's in a mountainside yep. somewhere in Afghanistan, right? Or the Middle yep. East. Yep. Yeah. And he lived for his country and he died fighting for his country. That's exactly right. A lot of people can't say that. You're listening to Huge Show Conversations with Gold Star Families here in Michigan as they talk about the legacy of their sons who made the ultimate sacrifice fighting for our country. Huge here with my good friend Lomas Brown, and together we are connecting with Drew and the team at Impact Power Sports Rockford, the only place in West Michigan to get the best-made golf cart on the planet, Yamaha. Now, we're a couple of big dudes, and there's going to be a huge cart. And also, Lomas, there's going to be a pretty cool cart for you connected to what you do for a living. Absolutely huge. The kind folks at Impact Power Sports are customizing one of those carts for me right now. And as you know, man, those carts are the most comfortable and longest-lasting golf carts on the market today. And Impact Power Sports 
It's the only place to preserve yours. So, yeah, man, it'd be great to see people come out and see that. Yeah, we'll be out there at the big house on November 25th from 8 a.m. until noon, right across uh, from the stadium with our friends from Soren Eagle and also Impact Power Sports Rockford, the only place in West Michigan to get the best made golf carts on the planet from our friends at Yamaha. And you can also get details soon on the huge show and how you could register to win uh, Lomas's golf cart. That might be tough to get it away from you, Lomas. I know. I know it's going to look good, man. Now, Honolulu blue and silver, man. And like I say, how big and comfortable that is. Yeah, they might have to pry the big fella out of it. And before we go, Lomas, I know you have a few words for Drew and the team at Impact Power Sports in Rockford. Yeah, man, I'm excited to be working and partnering up with those guys. Looking forward to seeing them on November 25th at the big house. You can join Lomas and myself, Impact Power Sports, November 25th at the big house right across from the stadium. And keep listening to the huge show for all of the details. It's Black Friday all week long at Meyer, And get even more Black Friday deals during our three-day sale Thursday through Saturday. Don't miss out on deals like Element 55-inch 4K TV for $179.99, Gourmet French Door Air Fryer for $89.99, and the entire stock of MTA Sport Activewear, buy one, get two free. Oh, yeah. Shop the Black Friday three-day sale for even more deals during Black Friday, all week long at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino. Single record of the year is Better Man. Even here, Better the Man. album of the year, Killin' Time. Come on up again, Clint Black. This killing time. Clint Black with special guest Josh Grayson. Tickets start at $40, on sale now at the box office and etix.com. Shoot the moon, I did it all. Clint Black and Josh Grayson. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. On today's broadcast, we look back at my conversations with Gold Star families in West Michigan about their sons making the ultimate sacrifice for the United States of America. Couple of names in studio: Carl Price and Ruth Price. They are the parents of Gunnery Sergeant Daniel J. Price, a Marine Raider who was killed serving his country, made the ultimate sacrifice in Afghanistan 
July 29, 2012, just a week or so prior to Navy SEAL David Warson, also from West Michigan and East Kentwood, before he lost his life in a canyon in Afghanistan. So the knock on the door, I've talked to some Gold Star family members. Uh, you, you know what it is when you see the car pull up. Ruth, I know it inspired you to write the book, No Stray Bullets, The Making of American Hero, which you can get. Amazon.com will tell you about some locations here in West Michigan. But tell me about uh, July 29th, Ruth, 2012. Yeah, it's a day you never forget. Um, We were it was a Sunday afternoon. It was about 245. Gorgeous day. Uh, we were resting and got a, the front doorbell rang. Nobody ever goes to the front door. I sent Carl to answer it. I said, you go see. See who's here. Thought it might be a neighbor or something, right? Well, somebody with car trouble or, you know, somebody who had, who knows. So, but I said, you just go. So he went and he didn't even make it all the way to the door. Maybe halfway. He says, Ruth, you better come here. And I knew something wasn't right, but I had no idea. So as I rounded the corner and saw um, the front door and the three Marines in their uniforms standing there, I knew. You you know. Um, Dan had always told us that they won't come if I'm wounded. If you see three guys on the step, he says, I'm gone. Because if... It doesn't matter how seriously they're wounded, how close to death they are in an injury, um, they will call. They won't come. Your son told you that. He told us that before time. Yep. He said if if they come to the door, he says, I'm I'm gone. Um, and so you, you just know. And then they still are required to, to make the statement. It's... Um, you know, they they said, "Are you Carl or are you Daniel Price's father?" They asked Carl, and he said, "Yes, I am." And um, yeah, he just said, "Sit down." He just said, "What?" He said, "Sit down." He told you to sit down. Yeah, and he just bent down by us, and he said, um, "From the." On behalf of the President President. of the United States and the Commandant of the Marine Corps, we regret to inform you that your son, Daniel J. Price, was killed this morning in Afghanistan. Um, So it was the same day? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's not like back in the day where some of the people were receiving letters after they found out their kids were killed. You know that, you know, World War II, they'd find out, they could find out months later that their son was killed. Or even in Vietnam, they found out in, first they started finding out from there by telegrams. And now, but they came right to our door. And I'll never forget that that big Marine standing there at the door with his uh, steely eyes. I mean, he, he, uh, I found out afterwards when I talked, we're assigned a casualty officer and he was along with them also. And I talked to him and he says, yeah, he says, he just kind of groaned all the way to your house that he really didn't want to do this. You know, he sat down the road. They drove by our house a couple of times to see if we were home. And then they sat down the road a little while because Dan had, is, was married and his wife is in California. And they told us both at exactly the same time when she came home from church, which is three hours after us, they they were on the phone with each other and said, yes, she's home, so now is the time. So they 
they they came and told us both at the exact same time that her husband was gone and our son was gone. Yeah, and afterwards you find out there's a police officer that was also sitting down the road because sometimes you don't ever know how a family is going to react. You know, they could there could be a a, a physical altercation. They're, they're mad, right? Yeah, mad or, at or, mad at the country, mad at the world, or a heart attack, or you know, or if they have guns in the house, if they get angry, you know it, and uh, so. It was, yeah, the the hardest day of my life when you have to go after that and then go and tell his sister and tell his brother, um, go to our pastor and tell him, go to his grandpa and grandma on one side, go to his grandma on the other side, and then, yeah, go and tell them. And can you imagine being a casualty officer and that's you were assigned one? That's your job? Yeah. that's yeah. He didn't have to do, he didn't have too many of those, but they were like, um, he had done, Justin Hansen from Traverse City was killed two weeks before Dan. And so the same, it was a different casualty officer, but it was the same office of Marines that um, was involved in, in that um, event. So... Um, yeah, it was. It's not like they do it all the time. That's not their full time job. But yet, yeah, it does happen, and they get pretty immersed in the family and in the emotions. So, from that moment when they tell you that Marine Raider Gunnery Sergeant Daniel J. Price had died serving his country in Afghanistan, uh, when do you find out exactly how he died? Now, do you ever? Is that always oh, that military? They- is they that classified information? They start to tell you some things, but... Right away there when they were yeah. there? He when told, there? They told us that it was um, during combat operations, and they said something about some sort of a head wound. Um, but we didn't really find out too many details. Um, when we went to Dover um, for what's called the Dignified Transfer, when his body came into the States from Afghanistan, um, we actually got to talk to his body escort, who was a close friend of our family, um, and then also the body escort of the Marine who was killed with him, um, who was actually on the combat site. So these guys, have, these are military men who escort the bodies back to the family. They're yeah, they fellow have Marines. To, you, yep. you have to fill out a paper. In the in the special operations with the Marines, you do you have you fill out a out a paper that says who's going to be your escort if you would get killed on this deployment. He would escort your body back home. They never leave the body until it gets um, to the funeral home, and they also have to pick out their pallbearers that are before they go. Wow! They have to pick out. They have to fill out. Um, what happens with their um, life insurance money? They fill all these things out. The only thing that I that kind of bothered me a little bit about it was when they they take a picture and the picture that's released from the military. You know, Dan was just kind of standing there, like, yeah, he didn't even have his uniform on. And I said, that's the picture they release um, that just before he deploys. You know, I wish they would. And I told them this. I wish they would. Um, be in uniform and look like they're in the military. He just looked like it looked like a mug shot because he was just kind of standing. Yeah, there probably like, nothing intentional. Probably everything right. moves so fast, right? Yeah, right. they just they just do it because no none of them want to. They don't go 
thinking that they're going to get killed. And I think the but Marines go for right, it. Yeah, the Marines' goal would be that they never have to bring a family to Dover to welcome back a body. Exactly. Right. As, right. A, as a result of that experience, though, with Dan and the picture that the Depar- Department of Defense released after his death, um, now the Raiders have an annual picture taken at their Marine Corps ball in their dress blues. That's awesome. And so they they have that picture um, just just for that event. And then it's not a, oh, well, take this picture before you deploy just in case. It's just something that they do. Um and it, it, that's the reason for it, but it's not so intentional. So you're at Dover, uh, Delaware, Dover mm-hmm. Air Force Base. Yep. Uh, is it the flag draped coffin? Is it like no. what? It's no. kind of a it's, it's flag, a box. It's flag draped, but it's, but it's a box. It's just a big, um, big metal box that comes off, and they have they have a real they have a uh, ceremony. Real, yes, they do. And there was just those two on that big plane and that's a private ceremony with just the the immediate yeah, the family two, two families um yeah that the other guy that got killed with with dan right. um yeah that just those two and they loaded in a they loaded in a van and off it goes to the mortuary you're out on the you're right out on the runway right by the plane Everything is very well done at Dover. Um, they have a chaplain who walks through a lot of stuff with you, a lot of details that need to be taken care of. They tell you everything, what's going to happen, what time, to the best of their knowledge, everything is going to happen, which was awesome. We didn't have to make flight arrangements. We didn't have to do our our casualty officer took care of that in Grand Rapids. Um, he picked us up, took us to the airport, told us when to be ready. Um, at that point, you're not thinking. You can't think and function and make decisions. And they do all of that for you and just walk you through everything that you have to be doing. Um, and then, yeah, you just you just kind of do what they tell you when they tell you. And then we stayed at the um, Fisher uh, House. The Fisher House. Um, which maybe people are are familiar with the Fisher House. Um, They're just um, hospitality houses. It's like a hotel, but they've got a a fully um, equipped kitchen, Um, lots of freezer food, convenience food. So if you're there, you're only there for maybe a day, day and a half, but you have access to everything you need right there. And when Daniel's returned home, I'm looking at a photo on the back of the book, No Stray Bullets, a making of American Hero, the mother of gunnery sergeant Daniel J. Price, who we're talking about, a Marine Raider who died in Afghanistan July 29, 2012, wrote the book, No Stray Bullets. It is available on Amazon, but there's a, a photo on the back of the book that strikes me. Describe that photo. That's actually the funeral procession. It's the procession from the church where the funeral was held to the cemetery. In Holland? In Holland. Um, Look at that crowd. And, yeah. um, and it was probably a funeral route of, what do you think, three miles, three or four miles? There, those maybe. people are 50 deep And they were. It was like that. The Look at the flags. Way. When we got to the cemetery, the cemetery was packed. Um, they had over probably roughly 1,500 or more Patriot Guard riders, motorcycles, that led the procession. And we got to the cemetery, and there were just motorcycles parked everywhere. It was just, it's it was unbelievable. Well, that photo says it all in the back of the yeah. book. It almost brings tears to my eyes. You see the fire departments are hoisting mm-hmm. the American flags. There's the procession. And I'm telling you, uh, Holland, Ottawa County showed up in full force 
Uh, that is, I'm looking at the people, they're 50 deep, and it looks like photo I'm seeing goes for about a mile. At yeah. least. Yeah. Oh, it was the entire route. Yeah, it was they, the entire route. You know, that had Holland, to touch you guys, didn't yeah, it? And Holland your family. Just yeah. Showed up, you know, um, big time. I'm extremely grateful. You know, we had we had um, the Westboro Baptist Church was going to protest at our son's funeral. They're well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they not well liked, but well known. Yeah. And and that kind of went out on Facebook that they were going to be there, too. So that added to the people wanting to come. And, yeah, somebody said they started to stage and a little ways away from the cemetery, but never made an effort because of so many people. Yeah. And I think what you see here, uh, Carl and Ruth, is that you see Holland and Ottawa County and you see Michigan and you see America. Yeah. And they're all rising and paying respects or their respects to yeah, the guy, your son, uh, for serving for serving our country and making the ultimate sacrifice. Dance friends that were here, the pallbearers, and plus all the a lot of the dignitaries from the Marine Corps. Um, they they were all so. Um, Dan used to have a saying, uh, "That's what right looks like," and those guys were just so impressed and they felt so good about appreciate the seeing seeing america seeing even though they're from other parts out. of the yep. country right I, right I heard the comment many times that day from marines that that's why we do what we do amen this is why we do what we well, do. well i'm glad ruth you wrote this yeah. book no straight bullets of making of american hero available uh, on amazon.com carl price daniel's father uh, in the studio here in the huge radio network and before we go i just want to read a Quote right below that photo from Lieutenant Colonel Andrew Christian, retired 1st Marine Raider Battalion. Gunnery Sergeant Dan Price was a heroic warrior who had an unmatched work work ethic and commitment to excellence. He epitomizes the words honor, courage, and commitment. Dan Price will go down in the history of the Marine Raiders as a legendary warrior who refused to lose in combat. I had the honor and privilege to command Dan on two combat deployments and watch his heroic actions on multiple occasions. Not only is he one of the most gifted combat leaders in the history of the Marine Corps Special Forces Operations Command, MARSOC, he's one of the finest men I had the opportunity to to know. This book is a fitting tribute to a Marine Raider that lived the life of Spiritus Invictus, Unconquerable Spirit. And that is Lieutenant Colonel Andrew Christian, retired 1st Marine Raider Battalion. His comments on the back of that book right below that picture, uh, the funeral procession for Gunnery Sergeant Daniel J. Price out of Holland. Ruth, Carl, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you much. Awesome interview. Thanks. Good luck with the book. Thank you. And, and thanks thanks for giving us a little exposure. No, you don't need to thank me. Never. Never need to thank me. Uh, my best to you and your family. Uh, the book uh, is wonderful. And thank you so much for making yeah. the trip yep. from Holland. Thank, thanks yep. a lot for thank what you, you do for us, Bill. All right. Carl and Ruth Price in studio here on the Huge Radio Network. You're listening to Huge Show Conversations with Gold Star families here in Michigan as they talk about the legacy of their sons who made the ultimate sacrifice fighting for our country. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Book your stay this fall in luxurious first-class room and receive $50 premium play, a $20 spa credit, and a $25 dining credit. Rates are just $2.89 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $3.39 on Fridays and Saturdays. Reserve your room now 
Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.com. TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Life as a grown-up. Not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question. Does any of this matter? Then you became a cop. Not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who served with you. The family who reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop, not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. It's Black Friday all week long at Meyer, And get even more Black Friday deals during our three-day sale Thursday through Saturday. Don't miss out on deals like Element 55-inch 4K TV for $179.99, Gourmet French Door Air Fryer for $89.99, and the entire stock of MTA Sport Activewear, buy one, get two free. Oh, yeah. Shop the Black Friday three-day sale for even more deals during Black Friday all week long at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. 
You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Bill Simonson back on The Huge Show across Michigan. I do want to thank everybody for listening this hour. You know, when it comes to holiday weekends or Veterans Day, I always try and pay tribute to the Gold Star families. I feel the legacies of their sons who gave their lives for our freedoms need to be remembered. So if you get a chance and run into one of these Gold Star families, sit down and hear their stories about their sons. And we try and bring them on the radio each and every year around the holidays and Veterans Day. Because I think it's important to have perspective on those who are willing to give up everything, serve America, and unfortunately have to make the ultimate sacrifice for others in their unit, for those on their base, or for us in the United States of America. Number one thing I always say that Gold Star families have told me on air and off air, they never want people to forget their sons. And I've made that promise to those Gold Star families that on air and on my social networks, I will never let Michigan forget the brave men who have made the ultimate sacrifice for America. So on behalf of everybody connected to the Michigan Sports Network and the HUGE Show, we salute those who have made the ultimate sacrifice.